Hello, Daniel. How's it going? Ah, uh, tremendous. You? Tremendous. Oh, I'm super top. Top, top stuff. Different season, new manager. Same bunch of absolute idiots in the team. Doesn't seem to change, does it? No, it does not. And it's it's one of those things where you hoped <laughs> you hoped it might be different. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't different. In fact, I would say that there is a strong argument, and I don't know. Like maybe I'm just being melodramatic the day after, but I don't think I am. That that first half was up there with the worst halves of football ever played by a Manchester United team. In well, it felt t- like it, yeah. In the time I've been watching, I mean, the first games I remember were 1983. In that time, there was there was a first half against Forest on Easter Monday in about 1989, I think it was, where Tony Gill does some kind of injury, forget what it was to finish his career, that I think it was 4-0 after about 20 minutes. But Forest were good. Mm-hmm. Brentford aren't that good. I mean, I actually thought that Brentford probably played better in that game we won last season than they did yesterday. I'm not saying they didn't play well yesterday. They played all right. But they weren't... Like, United could have been four down in that game that they won as well, and that would have been a very fair reflection of the play too. True, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the the one thing Ten Hag can take from this is that there were three individual errors... For three of the goals yeah yeah no i mean seriously is because i suppose you can you can get on the the you know the training ground and coach some of that yeah you'd hope i mean you i don't know right? maybe, can't maybe can't fix dave you no. can't coach the goalkeeper not to do that and all goalkeepers do do that mm-hmm. like every time when i'm doing like on this on this day on twitter like, in particular, uh, the amount of those that Peter Schmeichel made always kind of take me aback, even though I remember them at the time. But mm-hmm. De-, De Gea has been doing that for a while and not giving not giving enough back. I totally understand why Ten Hag probably thought, well, I've got so much to sort this summer. I have one more year of De Gea and then we'll sort it out properly next summer once once most of the rest of the team is sorted. Ah, yeah. ha, ha, ha. Once most of the rest of the team is sorted, what I sentence that magic, ma- magic. Yeah, I mean De Gea just looked like he returned to to no competition, Dave, where he just switches However, off. And the f- so. he is starting to rival Maguire in the fronting up stakes. <laughs> he does. I mean, there's something changed in that respect last season, where he started getting in front of the microphone after nearly ten years of avoiding it, like the plague. But yeah, it was absolutely horrendous. And then, I don't know whether it was planned for Christian Eriksen to be the, the midfielder who got the ball off the centre-backs, because obviously United centre-backs can't beat the press. Uh, we have two years of evidence of this now, and so it, twice he got caught in possession by Brentford's high press, like that should have surprised anyone. And then I suppose the one good goal or one systems problem was the fourth goal, which United got caught on the break, and... Didn't have that was a great goal. They needed, to do a a lot goal. Of, yeah. they needed to do a lot of things perfectly to score that goal. Yeah. Oh, and, and I suppose Lissandro Martinez getting out jumped. Surprise, surprise. We can all talk about his height. <laughs> but he, it's not right, but he didn't jump. He just got caught <laughs> under the ball and stood there and looked at it. And one of the things I don't know that like, I found this slightly annoying was the way that he was, schlep- he was schlepped at half time. Yeah. 
because I mean, I guess you might think, well, we don't want to, we want to save him from further humiliation because he's going to be required. But at the same time, part of me was thinking, hang on, the scouting department told you to buy Pau Torres. You decided to buy Martinez, which is absolutely fine. You're the manager. You know this player. So we can mm-hmm. back him, but then let him play. Like he's, sure. let, him, let him play through it instead of making him sit at the side like a baby. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, it, it increased the focus on him, didn't it? He he made a few mistakes last week as well, although I don't think he was that bad. I thought uh, he was crap but, in the first half last so. week. He got a bit better. But, I mean, at some point, it's just, I feel like you need to decide what what this team's going to be. And so, if Martinez is part of it, taking him off achieves what? Nothing. Also... It's not sustainable to have Varane fit and on the bench. No, it definitely isn't. I, I do wonder what Varane is thinking right now. I mean, he's actually been quite diplomatic when asked about whether he regrets moving to Manchester United. <laughs> and he said, I mean, he basically said, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, look, I've won everything anyway, so this is a new experience. Yeah, um, I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying failure. Yeah, wonderful. But yeah, no, him on the bench is interesting, isn't it? Because he brings a certain sense. Although he's not been fit often enough to be good for United, he brings a certain sense of calmness to that back four that Harry Maguire definitely doesn't. So. Yeah, like I would just be. I've worked. Like the only one that's probably one of the other things I thought. Okay, that is if I'm trying, if I'm grasping about trying to find positivity, it was bringing Malassia on for sure at halftime because that's one of those things I see it and I think okay. Like, this is something changing, and this is Ten Hag starting to build his team. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he'll do for Liverpool, but what I want to see is I don't want to see the same shit I've seen before. Even if it's horrendous, I want it to be different horrendous shit. Yeah, I mean, the trouble, of course, is, I mean, Malassia is a, a change we can see, and he's a very different kind of player. You see him taking up very different positions, don't you, than, than Shaw, and he just he just looks enthusiastic to... Uh, we can beat that out of him don't worry it won't last long enough uh, but th- the rest of them we've seen it all before and I don't think it was a surprise that Ericsson and Fred in central midfield was a bit soft I mean so... yeah like, I mean I think that Malassi like, doesn't look like the glow worm from, from Alice in Wonderland that is helpful and he's just got a bit of devil about him and we know ultimately we know what Luke Shaw is and yeah. he's someone who can be good sometimes but is not going to be in a team that does anything. No, that's right. I mean, he's he's been at United, what, six or seven seasons now? He came under Van Gaal, didn't he? So it might even be more than seven seasons. And he's had one good season, I think. When there were no one crowds. solidly good season. Yeah, when there were no crowds. And I think that's quite a lot of evidence there. I mean, you can say the same against uh, about Anthony Martial as well, although he's, you know, conveniently not fit at the moment, so... I mean, it's it's just what it's. You, I just want to see something different. I mean, what I find a bit strange. I mean, I found lots of things strange about Tenach, but is I get why he wants to sign Frankie De Jong, but if you've got De Jong and you've got Bruno and you've got Eriksson, then those three probably isn't a workable midfield. I mean, maybe you could, as if you become a possession team, maybe it is. But one thing I do think is that the only possession team that have ever done anything in the Premier League is City. And they're managed by the high priest of possession football who knows exactly how to do it and state wealth to back him. Mm -hmm. So 
One of the things I don't understand is that, to me, is that if you're going to play De Jong with one of Bruno and Eriksen, then the other player just needs to be an animal. Well, that's right. Even even Pep had years of Fernandinho, right? So, like, he didn't play with a sort of soft player in there all the time, a possession player. I mean, I, mean, I guess he's got, Rodri. He's... he's got Rodri now, who covers less ground, but yep. is nasty. Yeah. So then, no, that's right. I mean, I think, I mean, as we've spoken about all along, United needed at least two midfielders this summer, at least two mid- and central midfielders. And I don't think Christian Eriksen's a central midfielder. He's better. No, I'm in, happy that we got yeah, him because he's free. Up the pitch, isn't he? Yeah, because I'm happy we got him because he's free. But even if we had already got De Jong, the balance of that midfield, the balance of that team would still be out of whack. That's right. And and look, we've been talking about that for two years. So he hooked Fred off at halftime, brought McTominay on. Did it I actually maybe thought some... McTominay did all right, relatively speaking. Yeah. I mean, you know, moral victory in the second half, United didn't concede any goals. It looked a bit more solid. Brentford took their foot off the gas, so that's another level of humiliation Brentford for United. Brentford took their foot off the gas. <laughs> I thought, like, I mean, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but McTominay was actually driving through midfield with the ball, which is his best attribute, which we it haven't is. seen. Because uh, he yeah. was someone, like, he wasn't someone who ever looked like he'd be good enough to play on a seriously good United team, but he was improving. And just since the beginning of last season, he's just been horrific. Yeah, look, his his best attribute is driving through midfield. And he can score some goals. We've seen a few, haven't we? Yeah, he's um, not a bad but, finisher. Yeah. I wonder if for Liverpool... If for Liverpool we might see Martinez playing in midfield and with Varane and Maguire at centre back. It's uh, well, I mean, I guess we'll come on to Liverpool, but that's, that's, he's going to have to come up with a special system, isn't he? Because United will under any kind of pressure, and there's clearly going to be pressure. I mean, um, when it comes so. down to it, people basically didn't realise how good Ole was. I think that's what we're actually just we're dancing around this. It's easy to be revisionist, of course, but. He took this squad, basically this squad, to second in the league in the Europa League final, playing a certain kind of football, which not everyone liked. And as soon um, as he tried at, to change it, went to shit. And as soon as he tried to change it, he went to shit. And Ronaldo joined. It seemed to disrupt the balance of everything. And But he got this squad playing in a certain way that got a lot of points. And had some... And look at all those... Remember all those victories, like, away from home. That's you know, 29 not, not just, games unbeaten. Not so. just victories away from home, but a lot of them victories... From behind. Yeah. Now, that speaks very poorly of their mentality to begin with, but they didn't collapse. Mm-hmm. And now they're desperate to collapse. I mean, Tanakh said it last week, that basically said that they were weak. And then he sort of said it again this week. And the thing about this team that really I find extremely aggravating, one of the thing, one of the panoply of things is that they play like they're not expecting the ball to come to them and like they don't want the ball to come to them. And it's just so slow. And football is not a slow game. It's a dynamic Mm -hmm. game. And the way that they amble about and they don't make angles for each other, there's just just no intensity. And, I mean, they they needed lots of players. They didn't get lots of players. And these players are... Got they, they're very adept at getting managers fired. So I tell you what else annoyed me is McLaren sitting there in his <laughs> Dean Henderson baseball cap. <laughs> That's just like wh- why? Yeah. yeah, 
I well, I, d- I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting coaching team that Ten Hag has brought, and and look, there has been some commentary around the amount of changes there, but a lot of that happens every time you bring a new manager in. So, brand new coaching team. I don't think it's not as if the old coaching team had like transformed United in some way. Ralph and Chris Armas and his his bloke on the phone from Moscow. So, I, I, I we haven't had the whispers coming out of the dressing room that they don't like the training or it's too intense or maybe that's to come. Maybe we've only had two games, so maybe that's to come. But yeah, anyway, I mean, Teng Hard looked pretty broken afterwards, I think. I mean, yeah, he's been... He used the word unacceptable again, which was (laughs) his favourite word. (laughs) Someone get him a thesaurus. Yep. Yeah, well, he's, he's, his English is, is okay and definitely better than my Dutch. So no criticism there. But I think when you're, you're searching for words, you go to the ones that are familiar. And he, he, he pulls out the unacceptable quite a lot. I mean, because so. to me, it's not even about unacceptable at this point. I'm not watching it thinking that's unacceptable. I'm watching it thinking you fucking disgust me. Yeah, well, no, that's right. I mean, we're going through the seven stages here, aren't we? And I've moved on from... Moved on from the earlier stages (laughs) (laughs) onto the acceptance that we are crap. And it's a level of crap. Yeah, on that point, on that point, I guess I've decided that on balance, I preferred it when we were good. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's definitely true. I'm beginning to forget. I mean, it is nine years since we were good. Nine and a half. Yeah, which is a very long time. And we had Dave coming up to the microphone afterwards saying, uh, <laughs> my mistakes. Wait, what did he say? He, he he has to be responsible for his mistakes. I think he might have used the word unacceptable as well. And I, was, I was like, well, but you've what been does here that for all mean? of those nine years. What does it mean yeah. to be responsible for your mistakes? It, it means in professional football, normally, you sat is on that the not, bench is that, not, is that not tautology? Like, they're your mistakes. Yep. Obviously, you're responsible for them. Well, quite, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what, right. It what's should going mean to there's some kind of change. Yeah. Unfortunately, United's best keeper is probably over at Forest at the moment. Also, I mean, I'm still yeah, happy so. for him to stay there. Yeah. Well, Dave, Dave, as you said, he's got a year left in his contract. Actually, it's a year plus one. So there's uh, United have the one way option, which they will probably exercise because they'll see a asset value there. So he, it looks like he will be a problem again. But he's not the only one. We've got Dello. We've seen him. Plenty now to know that he doesn't offer much. Maguire is not looking any more certain. I don't yeah, think he's coming I mean, to this season. I guess it was kind of strange that why... I mean, I know that Laird, they must assume that Laird isn't ready. But given that we know that Della and wan aren't good enough, what... I, I don't know. Like, I guess I might have been tempted to keep Laird around for that reason, just because he might be good enough. And also... Because he's got a championship loan, we know that he can play in the championship. I'm not certain what this QPR loan's intended to tell us, but I don't know. Just because one of the things I think that buys Tenach time and keeps people on side and patient is if they can see some kind of progress. And there's no progress in picking Dallo or Wambisaka at right back. No, it's it's acceptance that there isn't anything good enough and they're just going to have to pick one of them. And he's, right, he's, so he's if, picking if he, their... If instead he says, look, I haven't got the players I need. You're going to have to bear with me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play, develop, put my trust in younger players and you're going to have to be patient. We're going to get, we're going to get beaten. How much fuck... We lost 4-0 to Brentford, man. Like, how much worse <laughs> could it get? Where, well, at least we'll, then, we'll see it at Old Trafford next weekend, won't we? 
at least then people have got some level of something to buy into. At sure. the moment, we're just not seeing that. We're just seeing the same old shite. Yeah, I know. I mean, we are seeing the same old shite. We, and we saw the same old reaction from the same old players. <laughs> Dave, Harry I Maguire thought... came out, Ten Hag, looking like the broken Man United manager he already is, saying we'll work on it in the training ground. It's a difficult process. I think he actually used those difficult process. You know, I mean, imagine right, what's going on. I think if, if, if I was him, and I know I can, it's easy to say because I don't have millions of pounds tied up in this, yeah. but I'd be going to the Glazers and I'd be saying, if you guys don't back me in the next two weeks, I'm going to go. Yeah. Because to me, I think yeah. I said this last week, that this summer yeah. always looked like the key one for me. If United don't do anything decent this summer, massively improve the squad, then that is a message to us that it's over, basically. Yeah, it's a message to the whole of football that United are don't, serious this players. Job is, yeah. This job is toxic. Yeah, If you're a player, don't come. If you're a manager, don't yep. take it. And that's what happened to Conte at Spurs, basically, where he called Daniel Levy's bluff because he's saying, right, well, you've got me. I'm much better than Tottenham. And therefore, if I, I've, he's got them into the Champions League. So if at that point Conte says, you won't back me, I'm leaving then Spurs have got a toxic manager's job, they've got players that want to leave, and they lose money, the club becomes worth less, and that is not what they want. So they've had yep. to, against their better judgment, try and make a better football team. Yeah, or, or any, and, and mad, very much. Absolutely the sugar thing to say, but it yep. remains the case. I just don't like... This is going to drag Tenach down, and, I, if, sure. if, and that's what he should do, really. But the problem is also that the, the the players that he's trying to get just make you think, what the fuck are you talking about, mate? It's interesting. Like, I, I can't see the plan. And there's, I did hear from someone that once again, the hands of Joel Glazer have been on this this summer. And he's been intimately involved in what United are trying to do in the transfer market with the same old result. Intimately? Right? So, that sounds uh, Intimately. Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, nothing should be intimate with any of those Glazer fucking gimps. Because... Like you lose to Brighton in ignominious style, and what's the response to try and buy a shit house, Rabio, and a shit bag, Arnautovic? <laughs> and it's just yeah. what? What's the plan here? There is no plan, and I mean, I really did hope, and I think I was, I was dragged into this hope that with a new CEO and a new football director, a new technical director, that United had a a, a structure that was more modern and can go and activate okay. itself in a transfer market. And that all looked good, didn't it? But so it I seems guess... like actually Murta's just the same old, the same old Murta. So, well, Murta, yeah, like Murta hasn't so... done anything. So that's the problem is when you have Murta and Fletcher learning on the job. Like Fletcher's someone I'm, I'm pleased is involved. He speaks well. He understands the game well. I had to really work hard and think about things hard to maximise his talent. So, but Murta next, Murta with him, just, just, there's just no experience. And... The thing about Tanakh is that he, at Ajax, it wasn't his job to find players. It was his job to pick no. the team and coach the team. So he might go to someone and say, I need a player for this position. They come back with three or four alternatives yep. and they work out who it is. But he hasn't spent the last season scouting. No. So he comes he here hasn't. and so one of the reasons I think that he's going for players he knows are because they're probably the, some of them are the best players he's going to get because they're coming for him, not for us. Another reason is that if you're next on the line, then you're kind of more encouraged to go with what to go with what you can. You know, no, and also yep. what you know is not much. 
and I'm not. That's not. Well, that's I'm not, right. I'm not slagging him off, but he hasn't been watching this. Like, what's his name? Benjamin Sesco and Sasaka. Yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever, because that isn't that isn't his job. So he's not on top of all the players that we might want to sign, which is why you end up with trying to sign Arswipe like Arnautovic because yep. he knows him and he thinks, well, I know what I can I can get out of him and make. Let's just. Sure. It's obviously a total nonsense, but... It's a total nonsense. It's not the way United should be operating. And also, I mean, the fact that Tanakh, first of all, he basically supported Overmars in saying that they're looking forward to working together again or whatever the precise line was. Now he's trying to sign on out of it. And it's just... Lord's is a good trait in a manager, but to those lads, excuse me... I know, and it says something about the... And I, I don't want to write Ten Hag's morals off just yet, but it does say something. He was so quick to forgive over Mars, uh, and so was football, by the way. And and Arnatovic has a long history. It's not just at the Euros. It's an easy Google, this one. And and it was interesting, like, that, wasn't it? Likewise, his guru, Sinisa Mihailovic. Right, and the club, obviously, has Ronaldo all over social media. Greenwood's still on the still on the website, and Ryan Giggs was in the director's box not a few months ago. What and a club. we're finding out what a... I know, what a club. What a club. And that is an absolute collection, an absolute shower, that lot, isn't it? It's going to get a Rogues Eleven going here. So, I mean, it's a wider it's a wider. So, yeah, point, I mean, but, I, I am yeah. quite close to writing off Tenach's morals, I'll, I'll be real, but... In terms of, I'm not writing him off as a coach because I think when you hire a coach like this, right, I said on here last season that I was leaning Tanakh over Pochettino because I knew what Pochettino was and I didn't think it would be getting a less good clock was the answer. But mm-hmm. my concern with Tanakh was that he didn't have any apparent charisma. So, and all the managers that have had any modicum of success at United, Tommy Doherty, Notch, Dave Sexton, Mourinho and Van yep. Gaal, versus Moyes and Ole. And I know that that's not the only difference between those guys. But it is something that unites all the people that have had a little bit of success. But United have gone with a technocrat. So it's yep. going to take time to instill the things that he needs to instill, except the way that he wants things to work, he just doesn't have the players for that. I mean, I'm not sure. Yeah, like it seems like it, the it, only it, style these players can play is what are they? what Ole did at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's it. And and Ten Hag would have to throw away everything he wants to build in order to get some short-term success. Uh, and that's and, the but thing. This might be the only thing that keeps job. him in their job. I mean, Rabio to come back to him, he's someone who the first few times I saw him play in his early 20s, thought, OK, this guy could be a player. And so if he's 24, I could understand, you might say, right, well, he's cheap. And I think there's a lot of unlocked potential. But 27, paying yeah. cash money to give to Juventus to go and get someone better. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. And Juve are desperate to get rid of him. And if you follow some Juve fans on Twitter, you'll know none of them will be sad about him leaving. And every time I've seen him, I just thought, yeah, like, he's a big bag of meh. I, I mean, it's, his, his stats look remarkably similar. I mean, almost identical to Scott McTominay. But inferior, you know? if, I believe. If you hadn't seen... Inferior, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've seen him with my eyes a lot over the years, and uh, there's just nothing about him that impresses me particularly. So, uh, and that, like, my opinion is my opinion, and that's the point. No so, value whatsoever. But it's, what yeah, is it's, what's what's the point? And none. I could, I don't. It's not easy to fathom what. I mean, apart from the fact that he's cheap, and even the fact that he's cheap, I, I don't. I just think that you could get someone better than that for cheap and i don't think he, he's even cheap because the fee to to uv plus the wages mega commission to his mum 
I mean, uh, I and, and mega wages. So yeah, I mean, I find, the, I find the harping on about his mum a bit weird. In that, if it was his dad, no one would give a shit. Wow. Uh, um, any agent, it's their job to play hardball to get the best possible deal, sure, the most yeah, yeah. amount of money for the player. But because Rabio, it's his mum. It does seem like the carp. I find the carping about it a, a bit weird. No, fair, fair enough. Yeah, no. I, it's always odd when the family members involved because it feels like they're double dipping. Like Alfie Harland to, to City is getting a mega wage, and his his dad got a mega commission as well. So it always feels like they're they're getting extra. But I mean, it's what any agent would do. Oh, I, I guess. remember and, back and the way the... you play the game these days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rashford, that <laughs> Rashford's brothers rep him as well. But yep. back in the days of Rude, I remember somehow Roger Linsu, was that his name? Engineered a yeah, payment out lawyer. of United yeah. for Rude signing a new contract. Yeah, yeah. That he wanted to sign. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. You do one day. If the player wants to come and all of that, but no, the, the days He's already, of, uh... He was already there. He was there. He was in school. Maybe we should get Rudin as manager. He's, he's doing all he's right. He's doing a nice isn't job, he? isn't he? Yeah, I mean, and looking yeah. so handsome. He looks and very well. He looks very handsome. Yeah, he like, does. Much more handsome than when he was actually playing for us. But he's just—he's absolutely kicking aging's ass. He—he he, he is. It's the first thing I thought when I saw him. Uh, he's got a very sharp beard. The only thing I'd say is like. He doesn't. He doesn't wear scruff, does he? He has you know, the full Don Johnson, very, very sharp line. Yeah, in the, very uh, good coverage in the beard. Yeah, very excellent yeah. coverage. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just sometimes it's just like yeah. Oh. We spent about three minutes reviewing the game, which is all it deserves. Where did where do United go from here though? Because it's Liverpool next, and Liverpool, and I'm not sure what comes after that. But it, it's hard to see. Anything other than backs to the wall, play something different, maybe Martinez in midfield, maybe three at the back, anything to change this up. But it's going to be a, the only way United get anything out of this game coming up is to be ultra defensive, isn't it? I mean, can United go toe to toe and get anything no, out of this game? Absolutely not. I mean, that was, that was the thing that changed with Ole as well. Not just the signing of Ronaldo, to come back to what we were saying earlier, it was that attempt to change a more expansive style. Basically, didn't work either. But no, I mean United. There's United will lose on Monday. I think. I think we all know that. It's more about you just need to you need to see progress. You need to mm-hmm. see you need to see from Ten Hag that he knows what to do to move things on. And rotating Fred and Mackie T is not that thing. No, his his subs were interesting, weren't they? Because they didn't really point to. He didn't really point to any change. I mean, maybe Molesio comes in, although it's a big game to throw him in, but why not? But he didn't throw any of the younger players on. Like James Garner could have come on in midfield, didn't. I mean, not that I think he's the answer. No, but... no, no, no. But it's just, so, you want to just see this. It's just something, it's moving yeah. forward. I guess he yeah. sent McTee on because he's also trying to not lose worse than 4-0. <laughs> but it was already 4-0. But the Liverpool game is almost the... Not writing it off, but you kind of think that that will require something specific. And we'll, but after Liverpool, we need to see what the plan is. We need to know what the team is and how he wants them to play. And he needs to make like he needs to not be a pussy, and he needs to make some brave decisions. Whether they're the players that he brings in and the players that he starts leaving out the eleven. So I I, I knew the eleven he was going to pick yesterday. Yeah, I, I just I didn't. I didn't think it would lose like that, but also I didn't think that I think that's going to be our best eleven going 
forward, but I can't believe I just used the phrase going forward. See, that's what they do. I don't who managed to perforate his bowel last week. And I mean, I'm not saying it was because of what happened in the Brighton game, but I mean, the day after. You're not, not saying it either. The day after yeah. there it was. And then I remember like a message for my mate saying that like, I'm in the hospital with my dad and look like there is a chance this is it. It's not it. He's good. Thank you for your inquiries. But so one of my mates sends him a message and says, tell him to keep the red flag flying high. And so we're setting off, like we've had like these potential deathbed conversations and then we're taking him off. We're like walking with him as he's going to surgery. So I said, oh, Benji says, I keep the red flag flying high. And my dad was like, he was morphined up to the eyeballs, which he actually said was a bit disappointing, but in ridiculous pain. But like, when it was like, keep the red flag flying high, my dad kind of looked up, he laughed, and it was just like, yeah, it is absolutely nuts, the store that we set in this absolute bullshit that we call football. But there it is. It's just one of those things. I was thinking about it, because it kind of like the manner in which it tracks your life. And yeah. it's just always there. But also, like, the thing I never really thought about is actually like, yeah, like, I might never see this guy again. And he's raised me for 43 years. And I'm saying to him, keep the red flag flying high. And then when you see what's going on, and it's just so obscene in all departments, that yep. you just feels like it gets to a point where you need some kind of change. And it is starting to feel like that. Like even Gary Neville's saying the Glazers, the Glazers yeah. have got to go. I mean, I, I know I, I don't put much store by Gary Neville. I'm glad your dad's okay, by the way. And if <laughs> well, you're going go, to go, don't go on the day United lose 4-0 to Brentford. Until he had to discover what God. happened yesterday. But I was actually, so Gary Neville was banging on about it. So I dug out this old quotation from 2010. And this is what he said when he was a player. Okay. All the speculation about the finances of Manchester United does not affect the players. We are always very well protected and never get involved in the financial side of things. There have been talks and rumours over the years going back to when the Glazers took over and even when Michael Knight nearly took over in the 1980s. As players, we never get involved in those things. Our job is purely on the pitch and we allow people who are paid to do jobs in other areas of the club to do their job. It has nothing to do with us at all. And not long after that, I actually was in a thrift store in Tel Aviv and I came by a Skulls figurine and a Gary Neville figurine. And I bought the Skulls one, and I was so pissed off with Gary Neville for that, I left him there. To, yeah, yeah. To languish. But kind of the reason why I think about it now is because you're seeing him kind of leading the resistance, and I'm pleased he is, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm prepared to accept his repentance, but it just makes me think, because you see it from a lot of the journos as well, who were saying it, but they sat there silent when it was being yeah. fought at the beginning. For 17 years. And yeah. for a long time after that, and you're still getting them, some of them saying, well, they spent a load of money. And the thing I think yeah, that people yeah. don't realise is that is true. United have spent a lot of money, but the problem is the money's always spent reactively. It's not, yep. what do you need? And the manager comes back. It's like, what do you need? And here it is. It's what do you need? And then, okay, we'll give you some of that. It's yeah, never... well, that's right. And it's always a little bit short. And, and look, look, it's even, not the Glazers that are spending money. It's, it's the club's money. And Gary Neville's years late on this. And, and I don't know, you're more forgiving of him than I am because at, at the moment it feels like he's just blowing with the wind of sentiment. And at the time when he needed to work with the club because he was building a hotel and still leveraging his relationship with the club for his media career, he wasn't critical of the Glazers, right? And and I just I just find it... 
I find it a bit distasteful. I, I do I do laugh at some of the idiots they they have as pundits these days. I think it was Jamie Redknapp, who's definitely not the sharpest tool in the box, talking about how much the Glazers have spent. I mean, you he's know. sort of half right. He's not sharp, but he is. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, ha- he's half right that United spend a lot of money. Yeah, sure, United spend a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, one out, one out of two ain't bad, but... <laughs> it's just the... Yeah, it's the, it, it's never enough. And if you look at the different, like one, I think that one, the, the main thing I thought that did for Ole in the end, apart from how terribly Maguire and Shaw in particular played at the beginning of last season, was the signings. And the problem with United, managing United, is that you have to nail every signing. You don't have the infrastructure for that in the way that Liverpool do, but there's no scope to fail. If Guardiola buys a left back and he gets nicked. And he, and, he, and he gets nicked on a variety of sex cases. It doesn't matter. You get another one. Nolito. Sure, yeah. Danilo. The names trip off the tongue. Yeah. Claude Claudio Bravo. It doesn't matter because you just get another one. Yeah. yeah. And with United, if you don't nail your signing, your £80 million signing of Harry Maguire, which I admit was an... I mean, I'm not... I'm not defending Ole on that because I thought that was a ludicrous expenditure. I never thought that Harry Maguire would be good enough. And the player that all they wanted him to be just was not in any way the player he actually is. But if yeah, you go and spend, sure. if you're manager of United and you spend eighty million quid on Harry Maguire, you're stuck with him. And we've we, still got Phil absolutely. Jones, a player who wasn't good enough who Fergie signed. Then we've got yep. two centre backs who weren't good enough who Mourinho signed, Lindelof and Bailly, yep. and a centre yep. back who wasn't good enough who all they signed. We can't get rid of anyone. But yep. there's no there's no scope to fail. If you fail, then you're fucked. I mean that's right, but you know it doesn't even seem like they are they're trying to win. But it, it doesn't seem like the big money is being ponied up. Maybe we could be wrong. End of the week, maybe it'll all change. Although I, I very much doubt it. Well, I and and the thing is, United's financial world and ability to swing the big dick in the transfer market is shrinking. And the share price is down twenty five percent year on year. That only matters, I suppose, if the Glazers want to sell the club. It doesn't seem like they're about to sell the club. But United's commercials have been flat for years. TeamViewer said in the last week or so that they're not renewing their contract. That deflates the market for the next shirt sponsorship. All right, they've got a couple of years left on that. Andy Das deal is up in a year and a half. So they'll be into negotiations soon. It won't be anywhere near the size it was before because Adidas will know full well that United haven't been in the Champions League for about half the years of that contract. So United's financial world is shrinking. The club's only worth two billion at the moment. It's like loose change for a couple of state or tech billionaires, <laughs> te- despots or tech billionaires, and it, it, it's yeah, just like in every sense, this club is not what it was. In every sense, overtaken financially by a lot, yeah, you know, may may even be overtaken financially by Liverpool this year and overtaken on the pitch clearly. So, and it, and it needs, as we've talked about, it needs a focal point for the club to move forward and be successful. And unfortunately for Ten Hag, he's not got the tools he really desperately needs in order to move forward. And it seems like the tools he he's might got be given. Tools. There yeah, we go well, again. No, that's right. <laughs> oh, gosh, this is where we are. I, I mean, like, it's desperate stuff. And I, I think in at the end of last season, I, I wasn't feeling very positive that United would execute anything over the summer to make make a change for the new manager and, and as you've said several times they're always left short so, uh, and it's yeah. not just been left I knew we'd be left short, short. I knew we'd be left short but I thought we'd see 
decent improvements because I felt that financially, they that in order to protect their ability to keep milking the club, they needed they needed us to get quite a lot better than we were last season. That financially, it wouldn't make sense for them to not do anything. Yeah, but they're brain dead. These guys could they're just brain dead because they could run the club much better uh, on a better if 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 they got it right. And maybe that's a stretch too far, or just exit. Exit, take your two billion, divide it up between the six kids, or like looking at the Chelsea price, three and a half, four billion with a premium on there for the brand. Divide it between the kids, stick it in index funds. They'll live happily for the rest of their lives, very wealthy. Like none of that will change their lives. Like the reflected glory that they get is absolute crap at the moment. Like I'm sure Avram enjoyed his trip to the UK last week, right? No, I don't. I don't think so. So. And we won't see them back for months, if at all, this season. What are they doing at the club? Just It doesn't make any sense. Just, yeah, they should go. Unfortunately, in saying that, like, who? <laughs> because Michael Knighton is not running to the rescue here. I see he popped <laughs> well, up in the media Knighton. again. <laughs> I know. Jim Ratcliffe, as United fan, multi-billionaire, has said it makes no sense to, to buy United. And it doesn't. Look, the share price, as I said, 25% down year over year. It's not a good investment. It's, it's, we it's haven't down sunk on low, the IPO We haven't price. yet sunk low enough. But yeah, again, no, that's Tenoff right, for comes, him to invest. If Tanaf comes out fighting, I would feel much more comfortable. If he comes out and says, yeah. all right, this is a mess... So the I'm going to put my faith in some players. It's going to take some time, but then okay, like just players that just like running around fast would be a good start. But I mean, I mean, we haven't talked about Sancho yet. I'm beginning to wonder if he's a five-side player. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, no, I mean, because look, he he was good at Dortmund. It's not, a, it's not. He was good. He was actually right. Legit but he was good. Yeah, so. yeah I know he was good. But I guess it's it's much easier to look good when you're playing in the second best team in the league against Freiburg, who whoever. In that, I'm not like going to bang on about this league like I'm Andy Gray. But the standard in the Premier League is faster, and you need a particular kind of physical profile. And I'm beginning to wonder if Sancho has that, even though like, he's got a beautiful touch and lovely imagination. We're not we're not getting anything out of him at the moment. And on the other side, Marcus Rashford was pretty disappointing. Again, I thought you that know. that was one of his better games. <laughs> so, well, saying something, man. I mean, yeah, he, he looks he looks like he has some more confidence. And Ten Hag has been very vocal about him this week. I mean, of course, yeah, speculation I, about I, potentially I, leaving. Would you so. take the money if you could get it for him? No, not yet, because one, I don't trust the club to invest it sensibly anywhere and actually and actually make progress from that. And and I'm not quite ready to give up on him. I mean, I do think a Manchester United team should have some Mancunians in it and, and players who who like have that tie. It doesn't have to be all of them. And clearly it's never gonna be, but but he's one of very few in the squad that has that tie to the club. So not ready to give up yet. Although it's been two years of crapness. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm close with him. Not that he's someone I wouldn't have sold this summer, but where we are, we are us being where we are now. If I thought that we'd get the money and spend it properly, I would consider it very carefully. But I mean, we need we. If I, if I, if I thought United could do a Liverpool when they sold Coutinho, not that he's a, 
a scouser so it's not quite the same for mega money and invest it in what do they buy allison and van dyke and it was transformational if i believe united could do that like maybe but they can't like the cl- this club has no ability to execute on its plans i mean they've been chasing frankie de jong for nearly four months now I mean, I don't know. that. I'm, I'm less inclined to sound off about that because I don't feel like we know. Like we, 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 and we don't know with Dion what's exactly gone on there. I mean, I actually was beginning to look, because well, he, he, does, he is, does look like he's got to leave Barcelona. And obviously, if you've got a choice yeah. between Chelsea and United at the moment, then there's a strong chance you're going to Chelsea. But it's hard to know where Chelsea getting all that money from, though, nevertheless. But... Oh, they, they get his debt. It's all debt. It's yeah. They the the owners are doing one big summer. I don't think we'll see it too often them though from them. But no, sure. If, if De Jong has better choices, and, and and apparently his relationship with Ten Hag was professional, but it's not like it's a father son right you know, arm round the shoulder thing. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's the leverage we quite quite hoped it might be. I'm sure, he'll go elsewhere. But like, it's not. It's not even that one. It's. It's like you have plan B, don't you? And C and right, D so and here, E and F. Sort of. I mean, because I feel like at some level we've criticised managers for buying players that they didn't really want, like Ole and Van der Beek, say, when you wanted Greenish, because you you got you feel like you need someone. If you're not getting yeah, if you're not getting number one, then you get a name two and so on. So there is there is a I, I, there's a bit of that that I've, I'm pleased that Ten Hag is like, no, I want this person. I I am, but. At the same time, you do... Because there's also... I look at it slightly... If you look at what Tottenham have done, right? They've gone and bought Perisic, Bissouma, Richarlison. All of those players would improve our squad, right? Definitely Bissouma would walk into the starting eleven. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And Jet Spence, another one. So, but... Are you winning the league with those signings? Or even challenging for it? No. Probably and not. So, no. No, but they're definitely solidifying its short term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, no, no, I, I agree. I'm not. I'm not particularly criticising because do I think Spurs have the wherewithal to mount the title challenge? Probably not. But United, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to go from being absolute wank to challenging for the title. Now, we could be trying to sweep up your your, your Tielemanses. What's the uh, what's the organisation <laughs> of Tielemans? We could be trying to sweeping up your Basumas, your Jed Spencers, your Tielemanses. And then, so you'd have players of that ilk. Yep. You'd be in with a much better chance of making the top four. But in order to actually challenge for the title, you'd still need... You'd have to go on again. Basically yep. a whole new team. Or at least those players that you might have, they'd have to be the worst players in the team. Yeah, no, to for give, sure. To give but, you a chance. But... but... You and I want United to challenge for the title because we grew up with a team that was challenging for the title. The shower who own the club, they don't want that. That's not what they're looking for. They're not looking for that at all. The the like the incremental revenue versus like reduction in costs of being in the Champions League is worth it to them. But the 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 J curve that you need in spending to go like challenge Liverpool and City at the moment it's, it's just too it's much of, and, and less Liverpool and, and, it's, but and it's a punt City. yeah and it's a punt yeah like the difference you get in money from finishing third to finishing first is not a lot and doesn't justify the punt if you're not interested in score sure. which I, t- I totally understand yeah. the thing is is the competition for four is quite hot now the top four 
So it you is very sort hot. of have to spend to get there. It's not the case anymore. There's the same four teams every season. No, that's right. I mean, it looks like Spurs and 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 Arsenal are on a upward. I mean, upward yeah, Arsenal have spent more and, than any club in world football in the last year. Sure, yeah, and and I guess we all presume that Newcastle will start spending big at some point, and because yeah, presumably their owners have the ambitions to get the reflected glory of being in the Champions League and all of that. So United are in a, like United's world is shrinking, as I said, and the competition is getting hotter. So I I, I feel quite grim about the prospects, but. Longer term, at least, and short term, we'll see. And I mean, that's that's why uh, uh, that's why. Like, I felt like this tenor thing was always about being good next year or the year after. Yeah. So yeah. we need yeah. how how's Marco Arnautovic going to be in two years? Well, luckily that one's dead because United are absolute. Absolutely spineless as well when it comes to PR. Thankfully, it's lovely how they floated that one to see what the reaction was. Just do some Googling for the love yeah, of God. And Rabiot won't be transformational. He's just another plodder in midfield. So I don't know. I, I feel extremely depressed about where United are at the and moment. Part of and that it's is probably yeah, going to get worse next weekend. Part of it is because I, I hope for something a bit different from the board, from the Glazers this summer. Because not because I not because I have any altruism or even I mean even my own I don't know what the word is I mean even even just because we all want to like hope even just because I was seeking for some hope so I found it in that I was seeking hope I found it there but just the very basic economics of it that if you don't speculate then your ability to accumulate reduces and it's just yeah if you if, you, if this thing goes tits then. The Glazers' ability to extract money for United is compromised. Yeah, it might be. Thing is, I think they can probably still pull out twenty million in free cash flow in order to, for them to take out. So it's the asset value that's shrinking. Anyway, it's going to get worse, isn't it? Next week, I mean, the Monday night, not weekend. So. What team would I want to see? When I because I know I'm talking all this bullshit that idiots say when things are going wrong. They're just like, I play the kids. And I know that that is the, the last refuge of the moron. And then, mm-hmm. but I don't really see that there are that many other options. And then I think about it and I think, well, who would you play? And then I think, well, hang on. Like, let's say you wanted to play Iqbal, except the only place in the team where you have quality players, really, Bruno and Ericsson, is his position. Then you think, well, sure. what about Garnacho? But then you're like, well, are we just writing Rashford off to play a child? I don't know. And so on. Yep, no, your Ten Hag's choices are very limited. And I think we'll see Garner, the same as a result. Got on the left, he was a six. He's come back and he's an eight, basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there'll be a lot of changes for Liverpool. It may be a tactical change, maybe. I, I, although I don't know. I don't know enough about Ten Hag's history to know whether he ever goes, switches to a back Ronaldo wants times, to leave. Because he's never been there with Ajax. <laughs> yeah, Ronaldo wants so. to leave. He's not going to be around yep. next season. We're shit. Yeah. Yeah, We've got, you've got to be finding an alternative now. Yeah, yeah. You say he won't be around next season, but there's about 500 million reasons why the marketing department would like him to be, and United have an option. <laughs> so I wouldn't write that option off yet. It looks like they're, they're, they're quite happy to keep him, even if he's like desperately wanting yeah. out. I, I did find it very funny. He was at the, the kit launch for that absolutely horrendous third kit they've got. Which, by the way, if you're colorblind, green on green... Not a good mix. United would have been literally invisible to some people. And he looked uh, downright miserable to be there for a lot of it. 
Anyway, I think that's enough of this crap, isn't it? Yeah. Liverpool, I think we'll get battered, sadly. And I have very low expectations. So maybe they'll surprise us. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah. I, wonder, I mean, I, I wonder if, yeah, if you're trying Martinez in midfield or if he's just going to say that Martinez is going to be the centre-back and he's going to have to learn. But it needs, like, someone needs to make a decision and, and just, well, Tanakh needs to make a decision and stick with it. Same with Malassia. We know what Luke Shaw is. So we need to see something different. We need, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I can't be doing with Fred anymore. But I know that Garner isn't good enough. Or at least yeah. I think I have a strong suspicion that Garner isn't good enough. Yeah. All right, see, we'll leave it there, folks. Thanks for listening to us moaning for 45 oh, minutes. Man. Backers, we'll have a chat about the Premier League. And uh, there are some good teams in there. And everyone else will catch you in a week. Sarah. Bye now.